0: show of Enlightenment, Encouragement, and Empowerment for God's People. I am Prophetess Amina Campbell Jackson, and I do have a guest in the studio with me today. The guest is Deacon Marvin Jackson. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me. Great. So, now, he's been on the show before, but that was before my name change, so I'm happy that he's with me here today, and and yes, we are still in Lulaway, believe We've been married for exactly one week today, (laughs) and we couldn't be happier. So, again, thank you for joining the show today. Before we begin, I'm going to offer up a word of prayer. Today's topic is the power of perspective. So if you want to go ahead and turn in your Bible, we'll be coming from Mark, the 8th chapter. We're going to begin at verse number 22. Again, that's Mark 8, beginning at verse number 22. And our topic, again, is the power of perspective. (laughs) Let us pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you now, God, for our many blessings. We thank you, God, for watching over us and keeping us, God. We thank you for all that you've done in us, and then, God, for all that you're going to do in us. We thank you now, God, for everyone who is connected to this ministry. We pray now, God, that you meet every need. God, lift up our heads. God, heal the sick and deliver those that need to be set free. We pray, oh God, that you fill every void in their lives in the name of Jesus. We pray now, oh God, that this word come forth with clarity and understanding. We pray, God, in Jesus' name. Amen. amen. So coming from Mark the eighth chapter, um, the scripture is very similar in the message Bible as well as in the NIV. So I'm going to read uh, from the NIV, whichever source you have. Um, if you're utilizing the Internet, uh, such as Bible Gateway, uh, you can change it over to NIV, and or you can read it uh, from your old trustee. Uh, if you have a King James Bible, um, the, the reading is basically the same. So beginning at verse 22, we know that this is as it pertains to the blind man, that Jesus healed. Uh, Verse 22 reads as follows. They came to Bethsaida, and some people brought a blind man and begged Jesus to touch him. He took the blind man by the hand and led him outside the village. When he had spit on the man's eyes and put his hands on him, Jesus asked, do you see anything? He looked up and said, I see people. They look like trees walking around. Once more, Jesus put his hands on the man's eyes. Then his eyes were opened, his sight was restored, and he saw everything clearly. Jesus sent him home saying, Don't even go into the village. So, again, this is the scripture that pertains to Jesus healing a blind man. And our topic today is the power of perspective. As we see in scripture, um, Jesus um, had already spit on the man's eyes and he laid his hands on him, uh, but the man was not complete. Um, so if you go back in Scripture to the beginning of Mark the 8th chapter, you have the miracle of the feeding of 4,000 uh, in Mark 8, 1-10. And then immediately afterwards, the Pharisees came basically arguing with Jesus um, Jesus and the disciples got into the boat and he warned them to beware of the leaven of the Pharisees uh, in Mark 8 and 15. So, leaven is another word for the yeast that's necessary for baking bread. But in this case, it refers to the false teaching of the Pharisees. Uh, so, the disciples thought that Jesus was literally talking about bread, they kind of missed the mark. And then Jesus rebuked them, Um, and he said, having eyes, do you not see, and having ears, do you not hear, and do you not remember? And basically, we could paraphrase it this way. How can you be so blind after having been with me for so long? Don't you understand anything that I'm saying? So people aside, first and foremost, cloudy spiritual vision afflicts. Every Christian to some degree. These disciples had been walking with Jesus for a very long time, and they had seen him perform miracles. They had seen him do several things. And here it is that they just really didn't get it. They really couldn't see. And none of us sees as clearly as we would like uh, every now and then. And that's what this blind man experienced, although he had a touch from Jesus. Everything still wasn't as clear as it should have or could have been. Uh, He saw me in his trees. So no one uh, sees life with perfect clarity. All of us have some type of a spiritual nearsightedness to one degree or another. Uh, There comes a time when, when all of us need a fresh touch from God, because things that happen in life, can interfere with how you view situations, with your perspective, with how you see things, if you will. So perception is a powerful thing. Many of our actions are determined by how we perceive things to be. They may not necessarily be uh, the reality, but how we think they look uh, is, is how we base what we think we hear or see. Um, so, it's our perception of events, our perception of words, um, and of other people can be entirely different from what they actually are. If you even consider um, the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John often had a different perspective of exactly how things were because they were all coming from different backgrounds, they were different people. Um, and so, Often with us, you know, whether good, bad, or indifferent, you can have three people that are in a church service. And one person leaves and says, oh, the the word was really good. I was able to take a lot of notes, and I was able to gain a lot of information. And then the second person leaves and says, man, the choir sounded terrible. It was a baby crying in the background. And he was teaching the day. He didn't really preach, so I was bored. Then you got a third person that, that comes in somewhere differently, right, Brother Jackson? <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> who who may come in and say, well, I mean, the service was okay. You know, I fell asleep through most of it because it's quite insane. It was a baby crying, but that just kind of lured me on off the street. So I woke up at the end when they were dismissed. I mean, you know, three different perspectives by people who were all in the same church at the same time, hearing the same thing, but their perceptions were different. Their perspectives were different. And again, you know, that, that may be based on several things. So we want to first get an understanding of what exactly perception is. Um, because our perception, you know, like I said, can be entirely wrong. And why is that? Well, you know, because we see things differently. So perception defined is Basically, to be aware of, through the senses, that's the sense of seeing, hearing, taste, smell, and feeling. Perception also means to take in with the mind. So clearly, um, our mind and our natural senses affect our perspective and our perception on things and, and Perspective is a really big deal because it affects everything else that we do. So we must understand, first and foremost, um, anytime that the senses are involved, then there is a potential for error. Doesn't necessarily mean that we mean harm, but we're in error, we've made a mistake. Now, some of us do have negative perspectives, and and we know it, and and we just go on with it like it's normal. Um, However, God never told us to rely on our senses. And you hear people say that all the time. Well, you know, God gave us five senses. Okay, He did. But as it pertains to our relationship with Him, He said, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean out unto your own understanding in all thy ways. Acknowledge him and then he'll direct your path. He didn't say base, base your path or base everything that you do on your five senses because again, these things can and will lie to you. They can be based on your perspective. They can be based on your experiences. So just because you think it's true doesn't always mean that it's true and it's a fact. It's just your perspective. So anytime the mind is involved, the same is true. Until our minds are completely renewed and our perception has been transformed, then there's a potential for distortion. In Romans 12 and 2, the Bible says, be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and accessible and perfect will of God. You don't really understand or know the will of God if your mind has not been renewed. You, again, just think you know everything, and you can be dead wrong. So we want to bring this into focus on today and looking at the power of perspective in our lives talking about this man who was born blind because he he told Jesus that he saw people as trees. And we are live today, so I definitely want to hear from my listeners. I know that it's been a while. But if you want to call in to offer your testimony, to talk about how perspective um, may have been painted for you and how God renewed your mind and gave you a better understanding of some things. You're more than welcome to do so. That number to call in is 888-627-6008. Again, that's 888-627-6008. You can also Skype in um, so that we can hear from you, and you would just go directly to BBS Radio PR. That's all together. Again, that's BBS Radio PR. If you want to call in directly, that number is 323 744 4831. Again, that's 323 744 4831. So now, going back to this man who was born blind, his perspective was not yet clear, yet he had had a touch from God. And I know that some of us can relate. There are many Christians today who are walking with the Lord whose perspective is for whatever reason or another. And Jesus was the one who would have to change his perspective. There was no change that could be done unless the Lord did it. And it's the same for us. A lot of times we try to change ourselves, but that's really not what God wants. He wants us to just come to him and trust him. He wants us to be honest with him and and just state the facts. You know, Lord, I need help. Um, But there was a change that the man needed. One of the things about us as people is sometimes we can know there's something wrong with us, but we want everybody else to change. Oftentimes, we say, okay, well, I have a problem. Well, men just have to understand, or people just have to understand, or that's just the way that I am. And that's the excuse that we make, because we don't want to make a change. We don't want to be different. However, we want everybody else to change for us. We don't see that it's us that that really has the issue. It's us that's blind. It's something else that they need to do. It's always about them. We always want everybody else to make the changes. But guess what? It's you. It's me. It is us, people of God, who need to do something different. What happens when your perspective is skewed? Well, Jeremiah is a prime example. This is a man who's a, a really strong prophet of God. But if you look at... Lamentations, the third chapter, Jeremiah was was very different than this, this powerful, confident prophet that we know of. Here it is, the dominant emotion for Lamentations is the hurt and the sadness, the grief over the destruction of Jerusalem by the Babylonians in 587 B.C. Just like Jeremiah, people of God, when we're hurt, when we're saddened by situations, when we're grieving, oftentimes we don't see things as clearly as we ought to. Oftentimes, we see people differently than we all see. And unfortunately, for some of us, when we're going through dealing with things, we also see God differently than we all do. We, we we forget that he is the same healing, delivering God that healed you before. He's the same God who saved you before. He is the same God who blessed you before. But so when we're going through things, our perspective of God even changes. We become negative towards people. We don't want to go to church. We don't want to do a whole lot of things because, again, we've gone through some negative things. And it's used our perspective, but we have to be honest with ourselves. So skimming through uh, in the book of Lamentations, chapters one through three, uh, give an idea of the intensity of Jeremiah's feelings. In Lamentations, the third chapter, verses two through sixteen, wh- what is it that Jeremiah is saying about God? And then, how accurate is his perspective? Again, it's based on grief. It's based on his status. It's based on how he feels at the moment. In in in. Also in the book, can can you see where Jeremiah is very different here than he is in other books of the Bible? Can you think of any recent occasions in your life in which your emotion may have distorted your perspective about a person or maybe about a situation? Well, same thing here with Jeremiah. His perspective was painted. Jeremiah third chapter, verses twenty-one through forty-two. It, it describes his perspective. It talks about how he feels about God. It talks about how he feels about the people of Judah. Y'all know we can turn on some folks when we're going through some things, you know, and and we try to justify it. We try to say, well, you know, the reason I did this is because they did this or that. No, people don't make people do anything. You make those decisions on your own. But again, perspective has to change. You, You can't just do it on your own. Now, then you ask yourself, why? Back in Mark 8, why did Jesus kill this man in stages? Well, first and foremost, let's understand this. It's definitely not because there was any lack in Jesus. It's definitely not because Jesus didn't do something right. It's definitely not because Jesus didn't have the power to heal the man all at one time. And it's not because this man had some particular case of blindness that was just totally different from from every other blind person that Jesus healed. So the answer is, you know, when in doubt, when we don't understand, we have to go back to the Bible. We have to find out what the text says. And if we still don't understand it from the text and it's still not good to us, we have to be able to look at the context of what it is that's being said. So that means we need to find out what happened before and after. So again, we've already kind of talked about how, you know, Jesus had fed the 4,000 and the Pharisees came along and the disciples were a little bit thrown off in uh, misunderstanding when Jesus was talking about leaven. Um, because it definitely was referring to the false teaching of the Pharisees. And sometimes if you haven't been taught appropriately, if you haven't understood correctly, you can be thrown off and your perspective may be skewed and you may miss the boat. As it pertains to a lot of things, you know, this is really what happened with the disciples here walking with Jesus, but, you know, they missed the boat. And Jesus rebuked them and said, you know, you have eyes, but you don't see. and You have ears, but you still don't hear. And do you not remember in verse 18? You know, and we understand, you know, just like with us as parents, you know, you, you teach your children the right things to do, um, you talk to them about how they should handle certain situations, you know, but sometimes when those situations arise, um, they don't respond the way that we would like for them to respond or they're not living their lives the way that we think that they should be living. And it's just not what we taught them, like, you know, did I teach you anything? So finally, you know, you, you kind of blurt that out, you know, you didn't hear anything I said or you don't remember anything I talked to you or you you just forget everything I told you, you know, and then it's a yes and no answer, of course. Um, yeah, they heard what you said, but they didn't really remember it at the time, or maybe they just chose not to go that route. We well, do that as it may. Don't be discouraged, because there's a lesson here in what we learned with Jesus. So you can't separate these miracles from this context because the miracle in itself is like a parable, and it speaks about spiritual confusion, It is possible to have eyes, and yet you really can't see clearly. You know, and and even speaking for myself, I wear corrective lenses. You know, I have glasses, I have contacts, because although I have eyes, I, I can't always physically see clearly. Well, people have got it the same way with us, as it pertains to being able to see spiritually sometimes. Because sometimes when you've been through things, you've been dealing with some things, you've had certain experiences. It can change your perspective. Sometimes it's not always for the better. Sometimes those bad experiences cause you to really not be able to see the forest for the tree. And you can miss out on some really good things in life. You can miss out on some really good people in life. You may meet new people and here you are apprehensive and looking at them sideways. because somebody else didn't treat you well in a previous relationship. Or you realize that you took a whole lot of time and energy in your last relationship and you bent over backwards for this person, so you decide when you meet the new person, you're not going to do anything based on what happened with the previous person, which is absolutely unfair. Now, here it is, you meet the new person, and they don't know what in the world is wrong with you. They don't have a clue why you act like that, you know. And here it is, you've you changed their perspective. I mean, you know, it, it, it's ongoing. Perhaps things may have happened to you in childhood. And you recognize and you realize that things that happened to you were wrong and that person should not have mistreated you, should not have abused you. Absolutely, positively, they were wrong. However, you don't trust people and you have a distrust of the opposite sex because of what that person did to you in childhood. That person may have abused you. That person may have hurt you. What they did is Absolutely wrong, and it is true that it happened. It is a fact that it happened. But your perspective now is still skewed based on what happened way back when you were five years old. That bad that bad experience has now negatively impacted or affected your spirit, and you, just like this blind man, need a fresh touch from God because you are not seeing things clearly, and that's precisely what Jesus is saying to. The disciples, do you have eyes and yet you can't see what I'm saying? You have ears and you, you, you still can't hear, appropriately, because cloudy spiritual vision can affect every Christian. It's up to us how we handle when we go through negative things or what we do about certain situations, because it can affect every Christian to some degree. Whether you're going through something right now, or whether you've gone through something in your past, those things definitely impact the person that you are and how you behave to this day. It not only affects your natural relationships, but it affects how you deal with everybody. It affects how you deal with the cashier. It affects how you deal with the waitress and a rest- restaurant. It affects how you deal with the people on your job. It affects how you deal with the people at church. It affects how you even deal with your next-door neighbors. If you had some crazy neighbors when you were growing up, you may not even speak to your neighbors currently because of some things that happened when you had crazy neighbors before in childhood. It affects how you deal with your children. Everything that you do. It may be the reason that you don't do a lot of normal things in life. And it's because of some of your personal idiosyncrasies. It's the stuff that you push off on everybody else like these are the rules, but the truth is is it's not a fact. You made that up. It's not in the Bible. You didn't read them anywhere, but you do things the way that you do them because of your personal idiosyncrasies or, or, or little habits that you created to shield yourself or to protect yourself from what it is that you went through in the past so that it never happens again. It affects how you wear your clothes. It affects your dating relationships. It definitely affects what you think about how your spouse should or should not do certain things. So again, if it's not biblical, it's not right. You made that up. It's just what you want because you're trying to guard yourself from being hurt again. You're trying to guard yourself from going through certain things again. So it is your issue. It's not them. It's not them that have to change. It's not them that has to issue. It's your issue. It's your habit. It's the thing that you do. And again, it's not biblical. But know this. It's not too late. We've all been there. None of us see as clearly as we would like to, all the time. It's like looking at a dirty mirror, or a cloudy mirror, or like looking through a dim glass. The scripture says in First Corinthians thirteen and twelve, we don't yet see things clearly. It's like we're pointing in a fog, or peering through a mist. Now you know, if that's the case, you can't see clearly. And that's what this blind man experienced. He was partially healed. And he saw men as trees walking. Again, all of us have some sort of a spiritual nearsightedness at some time in our lives or another. So let me summarize the lessons that we can gain from looking at this scripture. First of all, We have to know that Jesus does not treat us all the same way. This is evident from looking at the miracles of Christ. When you read about different miracles as it pertains to Jesus, many times they were done differently. Same outcome, the blind was still able to see, but many times they were done differently. Several people were healed, but many were healed in different ways. So we have to know that Jesus has the power to heal us instantly, or he may choose to do it in stages. He's not limited by anything, and he's not limited by anyone. Your situation is, is not any worse than somebody else's. But again, he does not treat us all the same way. With some people, he deals with one foot. Some folks can go down to the altar and instantly come back delivered from drugs. Some people can go down to the altar and pray and believe God and they quit smoking, and instantly they quit smoking. Again, he, he doesn't treat us all the same way, because somebody else may have to go get the pet, they may have to go to counseling, they may have to read books, they may have to watch videos, they may have to go to meetings, they may have to do all kinds of things to get the same type of outcome. He does not deal with us all the same way. Another person can be healed with the word. Another person, you know, Jesus is looking in their direction and, you know, all of a sudden they're healed, they're restored, they're recovered. And then another person, maybe at a distance, some of the the stories that we read in the Bible, Jesus didn't even go to some of the folks' houses. He didn't even go to where they were. However, he healed them. He handled them all differently. He touches one person, never sees another person, but both people are healed. It's a great advantage when well, we learn to just say, okay, Lord, I'm I'm not trying to compare myself to my neighbor, my friend, my sister, my brother, but Lord, any way you bless me, I'll be satisfied. A lot of people struggle with the concept because they think that, well, God did this for that person, so he's going to bless me the same way. And that's not always how he works. Many times, God may bless your neighbor with a Honda. You're so busy asking God for a Honda, Lord, bless me with a Honda too, Lord, I need a Honda too. You know, but what you didn't realize is you praying for the wrong thing because what God really want to do for you is to give you a BMW. You're praying for the wrong thing because what God really wants to do is give you two cars. You need to be satisfied for what it is that God is doing in your life, in his timing, and the way that he is doing it because he does not handle us all in different ways. And then it could be vice versa. God may want you to just ride the bus a little longer because you still have to learn humility. Whatever the case is, we have to know. You don't have time to be envious of your neighbor because they have something that you don't have. A lot of times you don't even know the whole story. What it is that God wants to do for you may not be how it is that he did it for somebody else. And again, he may want to do more. He's God. He can deal with us however he wants to. He is the creator of all things. There's a lot of folks who are praying and trying to, to grasp and understand, but well, Lord, you know, you bless such a person. I know you can do it for me, too. That's not what he wants for you. Many times in our lives, we go through stages. One day, you may go out like Peter and be fishing, and you might not catch anything. And another day, you can go out, and your nets are full, because we serve a God of abundance. Your nets are breaking. You have too much. You have more than you know what to do with. Your cup is overflowing. Think about some of the people that were in prison. We read about in the Bible when Peter was in prison, everybody had been praying that he come back and get set free. And then when he does, they're shocked. It's like they almost didn't believe it themselves. But now when Paul was in jail, Paul and Silas were in jail. They began to pray and sing songs, and they were in there praising God. And God sent an earthquake to deliver them. And they didn't leave because God also wanted to deliver the jailer and his whole family so that they could get saved. In a lot of situations, God deals with us in different ways because it may be some other folks who are around us who are watching us. And they're waiting to see how you go through what you go through. In some situations, people don't go to jail at all and they may be guilty. In some situations, the judge might decide to free the person, and they don't go to jail. In some situations, folks go to jail, that don't deserve it, they didn't do anything wrong, but God put them there in that time and in that season. Is it so that they can be more humble? Maybe. Is it so that God can use them even behind the jail walls to minister to somebody else? Maybe. But how he fixes it is up to him. And what it is that God wants to do in you may not be how he wants to bless your neighbor. So stop looking at your neighbor and worrying about why they have what they have. Stop being envious of other folks, because he doesn't deal with us all the same way. in the same time, like I said, some folks may get healed instantly in a day, and other folks may go through for months with illness. But whatever it is, we have to trust God enough. That however he chooses to bless us, we are satisfied. We love him just that much. However he does it, we have to be satisfied with what it is that God is doing in us. The second thing is that not only does he deal with us how he wants, but he, he deals with us according to what our individual needs is. So we see clearly in the story that he dealt with this man privately by taking him outside the village in order to heal him, even though his friends brought him to Christ, what Jesus did was not about the expectations of the crowd. He didn't care what they thought, and he didn't care about what they were doing and saying. But it may have been a distraction for the man, because Jesus dealt with this man, not just by touching him once, but he touched him twice. And that's not a small point for a blind man. Well, why is that? We know that blind people compensate for the loss of sight by having their other senses more highly developed. Especially the sense of hearing and the sense of touch. So him meeting another touch is something between him and God. He may have been distracted by the people in the crowd that were talking. and He could actually hear the type of things that they were saying, what he may not be here today. You know, like we do when folks are at the Aldred Church, and it's wrong. You know, but sometimes folks are distracted by hearing your mouth. So when God is working on somebody, what we have to do, people of God, is just be prayerful. What we have to do is be mindful that how God blesses them is really none of our business. So here it is. The most important thing is that the man got what he needed from God. Just so like many of us, we think we know what we, what we need. We don't really know what we need, what we think we do. And I can use uh, mine and, and Brother Marvin's relationship as an example of that because we both thought, that we knew we needed as it pertains to a relationship. You know, we both had prayed um, for a certain personality traits in a mate, and I had even prayed for some physical characteristics. Um, but God said that's what we both needed. We had both been dealing with, you know, some other folks, some other types of relationships that, you know, just weren't working out for whatever reason. It wasn't what God had in the plan. But we just knew that we knew what we needed. We we thought we understood what we wanted. And Brother Martin can speak to that.
1: Yes, we we, we did. Excuse me. Yes, we did. Um, It's just amazing how God works, even in the midst of relationships, especially when you go to him and you're specific in what you're asking of him in a mate. Um, We both have been on each other for a while, but we never thought that in each other on the outside looking in, that we were each other's type. So we kind of like was that that old adage of you never judge a book by its cover. We we both judge each other by the cover. And till so we actually got together and started talking to each other and started realizing that we start we had some of the same characteristics, some of the same things that we were both interested in, God started working in that and started showing us that it, it wasn't about what we were looking at. It was about him and, and the glory goes to him. So again, on this day we're we're celebrating a weekend, a week <laughs> down from our, our our blissful wedding, and and I thank God for the blessing that He bestowed upon me. Amen. You know, a lot of
0: times we we want certain things from God, but we're so busy looking at the package that it comes in. Um, I, I know that one of the things that you know, Brother Marvin said was that he had never dated a tall woman. You know, and, and here I am thinking, well, I've never been the short man, you know. <laughs> but, but we both could have missed the boat, you know, if, if we were not hearing from God. Because although, again, we asked God for certain things spiritually or emotionally or certain character traits. Yes, we did. We didn't know that those things were found in this package that was different from what we thought we knew we were accustomed to or what we thought we wanted or, you know, how how we think it should come, you know. And and here it is, clearly, after the fact, we realized, okay, well, this this outside package ain't so bad after all. It just wasn't what either of us thought that it would be. It wasn't what either of us thought, you know, that we needed or wanted. But again, God provides exactly what we need people of God. The Lord gave this blind man what he needed, because, again, his perception, his perception or his perspective was a little off for whatever reason, as with us, you know, no matter if it was based on a situation, an experience, a circumstance, you know, based on something physical, whatever the case, our perspectives can be off. And, and when our perspectives are off, just like the disciples, a lot of times we miss what it is God is saying, or we miss the boat, or we miss the blessing that God has for us and that would be a terrible thing, you know, mm-hmm. not not being where God wants you to be because you're so busy looking at somebody's outward appearance. Or like the disciples, not getting the message that God has for you because you're so busy looking at uh, or trying to understand things from natural consequences. You, you can't always understand it in the natural. So you have to hear what it is that God is saying. Yes, yes, you do. So now moving on, uh, thirdly, you have to understand that we don't get better at the same rate or in the same way. This is something that is good for all of us. You know, whether baby Christians or whether you've been saved, or some folks say all your life, um, you may be praying for some loved ones who are not necessarily walking with the Lord, or you know, or your children may be wayward, or you know, we call them the prodigal children, you know, whatever the case, they may not be where it is that. God will have them to be. And we'll pray for them and, and we bring them before the Lord and we're saying, Lord, please help. Lord, do this. Lord, do that. We have to be patient with these folks because we're crying out on their behalf and ask, asking God to, to fix them. You know, because the truth is we can't fix them. If we if we, we could have been able to do that, then we would have done it already. You know, those are the facts. You know, none of us wants to see our family members going through or struggling or in certain situations or having certain lifestyles. That's not what we want for them. But you couldn't have fixed it by yourself. But you have to know that when you bring them to God, everybody is not suddenly or radically transformed. It doesn't always happen that way. So again, it can happen that way. In some cases, there are people, you know, who have made complete changes. The first time you bring them to church, they come down to the altar and they're jumping around shouting, praise to God, and keeping in tongues. But guess what? That is not everybody's reality. Everybody does not get saved or give their lives to God or make changes all of a sudden. For most of us, it's something gradual. For most of us, you know, somebody encouraged us. Somebody prayed for us. We may have gone to church this Sunday and missed the next Sunday. You know, the thing is, is we get this spiritual amnesia sometimes we forget about how God delivered us, right, Brother Martin? Because it's very different for all of us. Our experience with God is our own personal experience with God. My experience is not yours, and yours is not mine. But we have to trust God enough to know that whatever he says he's going to do, especially as it relates to our family members or whoever these people are that we're interceding for and we're praying for, it does not always happen the way that we think it should happen. Happen, and and so especially as it relates to healing, a lot of times it, it's not overnight. It's not an overnight sensation. But but for most of us, we get this healing or this deliverance by ordinary means. It, it's not always you know you know you know, and and, and lightning bolts across the sky, and all of a sudden you know they were they were different. That that's not the case. That that's not what happens with us. We have to know that this is a principle that that works in all of our spiritual lives. Some people come to to Christ quickly, and they grow quickly. Um, Some people become immediate disciples for the Lord, but for many, that's not the case. For many folks, they they may go in and say but their vision is blurred. Just like with this man, they may need a second touch. They may need you to just be believing with them and not being so negative or pessimistic. Um, But you have to remember that we've all been there. We all have had those blind spots. We all have had that blurry vision. And just like you want God to develop you right where you are, well, God has to develop them right where they are. So the one thing that you can say to encourage them is just come as you are. You know, don't don't spend your time trying to figure out somebody else's walk with God, but just come to God as you are and let him meet you right where you are. You can't fix yourself. Don't try to fix yourself. You can't fix your children. You cannot fix yourself. Stop trying to fix hope. And just trust God to meet them right where they are. The other thing is that sometimes, you know, we're on the outside looking in and and looking at somebody else's life and somebody else's relationship. And and you may think that they have it really good. You know, it's like, oh, she got a good man. I I need a man just like that. Oh, you know, he's got a good wife. I I need a wife just like that. You don't know that that man that you're envious of may snore like a freight train and this woman can't even sleep at night. You don't know if this this husband is dealing with this wife who, you know, you're like, oh, yeah, everything she makes is good. She can really cook. Okay, but guess what? She got all kinds of demons and he had to pray off, off of this woman all the time. You don't know. You don't know what they're dealing with. Cooking may be the only thing she does because she ain't cook, She ain't cleaning. She's not taking care of her kids. And here we are envious because we're looking at somebody else's life and that's all he can get her to do is cook a meal. You may not be equipped to deal with them demons that their brother has to deal with that's on that woman. Judging the book by the cover, here it is again that you're looking from the outside, looking in and thinking that you know, guess what? Your perspective may be skewed. What you have to do is make sure that you're willing and obedient to whatever it is that God wants to do, how God wants to do it, and you have to be open to God's timing because we don't hold time. Time does not belong to us. It belongs to God. And our timing is rarely God's timing. His timing is not our timing. We would like for things to to be easy and quick, I'm sure, but that's not always the same people of God. Now, fourthly, our own spiritual perception can often cloud our judgment. Our own spiritual perception. can can cause things to be imperfect. And again, with this man having been partially healed, now we could just say, okay, well, he was once blind, now he can see. Okay, it's better than it was. But guess what? He still had a few perspectives. He still was not seeing things the way that they should have been. Yeah, he was once in darkness, and now he can see something, but he is not seeing like he is supposed to. His eyesight is still dim, and he's still not able to focus properly. Guess what people have died? Just like some of us. Some of us are still not able to focus properly on what we should be focused on. You know, if, if we look at it in the natural, and we can say, well, you know, he doesn't have 20-20 vision, but at this point, he has 2,500 vision. He's what, what we might call being legally blind, but he's no longer literally blind. Yeah, there is some improvement. And he had been healed. But it was not yet complete. There was still more that God wanted to do in him and for him. So he was on his way, just like many of us. We're on our way. We're getting better. We're better than we used to be. But we have some areas that God still needs to clear for us. We have some areas where sanctification needs to come in. God separate us and, and do a new thing in us, transform us and renew us, make us better. Than where we are right now. Because none of us can say, I've arrived. None of us can say, Oh, I'm just like Jesus. I'm just like Daddy. None of us can say that. We all have areas where God is still working on us. And just like it was true then, it's true now that any spiritual growth is still growing. We have to thank God for those baby steps. We have to thank God for the little things that He's already done in us. So so you might feel have some habits or some things that you know you know that those things have to go away you got to stop doing you know certain things have have got to change in your life but thank god you're not where you used to be you know you hear folks testify a lot of times and they say things like well i'm not where i want to be but thank god i'm not like i used to be because that makes a really big difference it makes a a big difference when we stop and we look at the, the growth we stop and we look at you know, where God has brought us from. So what? You might not have the mansion, but but that, that two-bedroom condo is where God has you right now. You know, you may have been homeless in the past, and right now you do have somewhere to live. It might not be a mansion. It might not be what you want. You know, once upon a time, you were catching the bus. Now you're driving a bucket. thank God for the bus. So God moves you into that new vehicle. We have to learn to be thankful for where it is that God has us at the time. We have to be patient. Not just with other folks, but patient with ourselves. Because sometimes we're hard on ourselves. But we need God to to help us to be patient, especially when we're praying for people. Because we do want to see manifestation immediately a lot of the times. And we don't see it. Um, But it's just like a person praying for God to give them patience. Like, Lord, I need you to give me some patience and I need it right now. Okay, you're on the
1: wrong track. We want quick answers. We want fast steps. You know, sometimes in that process, that it is in that patience and that thankfulness that gets you to the next level. Absolutely, absolutely. Because mm-hmm. with all of this, God wants us to grow. He wants
0: us to develop. He's trying to get us to a certain place. So it's not going to be six keys all the time. It's not going to be seven promises and spin around real fast and jump up and announce that He and praise the Lord Daddy. It's not always going to come out that way. It's rare that God works that way. It's like we're born as little children. As babes in Christ, we have to go through all the stages of life, and we have to learn and grow as we go along. Just like with us learning to walk, we learn by trying and falling. And again, we try and we fall, and we try and we fall. But after a while, you learn from the mistakes in your falling that there are some things that you might need to do differently. You know, you may need to stand differently or whatever the case. You learn as you're falling, and you gain strength as you're getting up. And that's what we have to do, people, for God. We can't judge our walk against anybody else's fault. We can't judge our walk at all based on how fast we think we should have been able to get from one stage to another. Because we, we have these stages and these timelines in our minds about where we should be and what we should be doing. And a lot of times we're off. We're way off. You know, we have in our marriage, well, you know, women do it all the time. Well, by the time I'm 30, I want to be married. And by the time I'm 35, I should have had two children. And I, I want a, a big brick house with a white picket fence and, and a dog. And, and my son's name will be, be this and my daughter's name will be that. You know, we've planned out our entire lives. And we haven't even gotten past just one year. Stop being so hard on yourself. And some of these things are obvious. and then some of them are not so obvious. But we oftentimes make mistakes by trying to rush folks to certain stages and phases in life. A lot of times we make mistakes by trying to rush newcomers, and we want them to be where we are in the Lord, and they're just not there yet. Again, they're new converts, They're new Christians. They're baby Christians, so they're taking baby steps. They can't walk with the same stride that you walk with. And if you are the baby Christian who is on today, stop comparing yourself to these folks that has been saved for 20 years. You ain't speaking in tongues yet. You ain't got there yet. It's fine. And if you are, hallelujah. But for most folks, you're not there yet. You're still trying to get yourself to want to get up on Sunday morning because that seems like the best sleep you could ever get. It's basic stuff. Is that right? Basic things. We have to take care of the basics. We have to be content with where it is that God has us as he is working on us. Now, I don't mean content in that you're not doing anything different. But you have to go to God and be completely honest with him. Because just like with this man, he had to be honest. God asked him, what do you see? He had to be honest with God because there was somewhere that God was trying to get in. He was trying to take him to another level, to a better place, as with us. And here it is. Oftentimes, we shout a lot of God. And who else do we lie to go to Mars? We lie to ourselves. You can't get healed if you're still lying to God or lying to yourself. I know that it's hard for us to admit that we have weakness. I know it's hard for us sometimes to admit that we have issues. But Jesus didn't ask this man, can you see anything, in order for him to get some information from the man that he didn't have.
1: Jesus
0: already knew the answer to the question. He wanted the man to be honest about his condition. People of God, God wants us to be honest about our condition. Many of us today, we are not honest. We're still lying to God and lying to ourselves. But there comes a time when you have to just be honest and say, you know what, I drink too much. Lord, I need you to help me. There comes a time when you need to say, Lord, I got some trust issues. I need you to help me. There comes a time when you need to say, Lord, I'm a terrible parent. I need you to help me with these kids. There comes a time when you stop looking at other folks and talking about everything they're doing and say, you know what, Lord, I, I, I'm gossiping and I'm talking about folks and I'm all in their business and Lord, I need you to help me because we think that there's little thing and big thing, and that's not the case. You know, there comes a time when you have to stop and be honest and say, you know, I, I've cheated on my spouse. I've done wrong. I don't want to lose my spouse. God, only you can help me fix this because we have to know it's when we go to God and when we're honest with God is when he can heal us completely, just like with this man. We need to be able to say, Lord, I'm not seeing things like I should. My perspective is a little bit off. Lord, I'm I'm a little bit um, confused about some areas of my life. I have some daddy issues. Maybe my mother abused me. Maybe my childhood wasn't so great. Some of these things from childhood are still affecting me as an adult, and I treat people a certain way because of some things that I have gone through. We've got to come to God just like we are and let him do the fixing. We have to be honest with him and tell him, God, I need your help. Because truthfully, he didn't want us to try to fix it anyway. He told us to cast our cares on him. He told us to trust him. So if you're blinded on today and your perspective is a little bit skewed and you're not seeing things the way that you need to see them, it's all in Jesus. It's all in Jesus, everything that you need. You have to come to God and be honest because God wants the very best for us. He doesn't want us at that first level where the man was and his perspective was huge. He wants us to be whole and complete, and he wants us to have everything aligned. But we can't see clearly and we can't get it right if we don't come to Jesus for what it is that we need. We have to admit that we have a need, have to believe and then confess. You have to recognize there's an issue, but you have to also confess it and say, I need Jesus. My life is not going along the way that it should. I know that I'm not doing some things that I know that I should be doing. I can't see clearly. And God is the one who can fix it for me. That's what God wants for all of us. He wants to fix it for us. So we have to first be honest honest with ourselves and then honest with God. And then lastly, Jesus told the man. To go home when he killed him. He got his children, but Jesus told him to go home. Don't go through the village. Don't go back through those folks. A lot of us deal with folks, even when we come down to the altar, they're being asked what you go to the altar for, what you get praised for, what did the Lord show you? Have married life. What's it like being a parent? Everybody's not asking you those questions because they have your best interests at heart. A lot of them are asking you questions because they're trying to be funny or they're trying to cause you to doubt what God has done for you. Not that they mean to do it, but the Bible says the devil comes to kill, steal, and destroy. And he will use anybody that he has an opportunity to use. So I'm telling you today, after you get this word, you better hold on to it. Don't let any doubters make you forget how God has spoken into your heart on today. Don't let any doubters make you forget or cause you to doubt that God is doing a new thing in you and he's renewing you and refreshing you and giving you a fresh touch on today. If God is minister to your heart, you better do like the young folks say and shake the haters off. Oh, you might need to not go back through the village. You might need to not go hang out with everybody else because they may call you to God and be like, mm, well, you ain't been going to church that much and I don't know what's so different. now." No, shake those haters off. Get away from those naysayers. Do not go back to those same folks. Although they say that they want the best for you Sometimes they don't want you to get to best before they get there. You never know what the reason is, right, Brother Jackson? Because folks' reasons and intentions may be very different. So in this case, Jesus told them, look, don't, don't even go back through the village. Don't go back out there dealing with them folks and talking to those folks. You go on home. Because then that way, a lot of times when you go home and you get in a, a still, quiet place, you can, you can kind of marinate, right, Brother Jackson, on, on where it is that God is taking you and what it is that God is talking for you. Sometimes if you're hearing so many voices and dealing with so many people, again, it can distort your perspective. They may have you right back in that same spot mentally where you just were before God blessed you or revealed himself unto you or renewed you. So be mindful of the folks that you go and hang around after God has blessed you. That's right. That's right. This has been Eve Corner. Thank you so much for joining us on today. If the show has been a blessing to you, I'm asking that you sow a seed into this ministry. You can simply go to my website, CampbellMinistries.com, and click on the Donate button. Then you can pray about becoming a covenant partner. As you commit to a monthly donation into this ministry, I am committed to praying for you and keeping you lifted up before the Lord. We're doing some great things in the community at Campbell Ministries. We offer career readiness and career relevance training. We also offer business etiquette training, such as executive presence and effective communication seminars for churches and the community at large. Lastly, we have your big sister's closet, which provides prom dresses to young ladies who otherwise might not be able to attend their senior prom. They're not able to get a dress, the likelihood is they won't go. So please be a blessing uh, to your big sister's closet. We take dresses of all sizes because we have a variation of, of young ladies who may need a dress for the prom? So, by all means, the side is laid on your heart. You can contact me uh, or you can send a donation to PO Box 16214, Jackson, Mississippi. The zip is 39236. Again, send your donation to PO Box 16214, Jackson, Mississippi, 39236. And lastly, if you are in the Jackson, Mississippi area, The Word Full Gospel Baptist Church is a mighty good place to serve. We are located at 3023 Percy D. Simpson Drive, and we just want to love on you and teach you about the Word of God in its fullness. Again, thank you so much for joining, and until next time, be blessed.